0: Welcome, everyone, to week 11 of our PA High School Football Report podcast. I'm Nebia Assize here with my high school sports editor, Brian Linder. Brian, we're in the second week of the playoffs here, man. How you feeling this week?
1: You know, it's been fun, man. We got a lot of, you know, we had some surprises. You know, yeah. we saw him thirty-five 35-2 over C.D. East. That was an I up- was the guy. Yeah, I was the guy last week saying, don't sleep on East, and... And uh, East might have slightly on Hempfield a little bit, but, you know, Hempfield's a good team. They got Cam Harbaugh, quarterback, good defense. And, uh, you know, hey, let's just – the East didn't win a game last year. and they, So, you know, for them to be in the playoffs, to, to win the amount of games they did, I think it you know, was a seven, eight win, something like that, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, great season for them. Uh, but kudos again to, to Cam Harbaugh and, and Hempfield. Their defense really stepped up. Anytime you can hold a team like that at two points, it's just wow, right? Um, yeah. But, you know, hey, it's a big week, big week, like you said, got the playoffs off and rolling here as we prepare to record this. And we got one of the better stories we've mentioned at Nebby, I think, for 10 weeks now. Mm-hmm. Some uh, school that's near and dear to your heart. <laughs> yeah. Nebby's a former Harrisburg Cougar booster. And uh-huh. uh, tell them who we got, Nebby.
0: Well, this week, I think the, the marquee matchup in high school football is Harrisburg versus Hempfield. Um, Harrisburg had a great week one win in the playoffs against Carlisle, a team they kind of struggled a bit against at home during the regular season. However, they came out, they beat Carlisle, and uh, now it's time to beat Hempfield. Um, you know, Harrisburg beat both Carlisle and C.D. East in the regular season. So I think this is a toss up here. Like you said, Hempfield is definitely a great team, but one that Harrisburg cannot afford to sleep on. So I'm excited to see that, and uh, excited to see some other more matchups in the area. You know, Shippensburg had a great win against New Oxford at home. They're on a roll. They got the ball rolling early, a big offensive win, but the defense swarmed as well. You know, my guy Anthony Smith put that work in. Well, had two. Yeah, you were sacks. out there for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Two sacks. Had an offensive touchdown, but I think the player of the game for that one was Nate Bean. Nathan Beam had an interception in the game and two offensive touchdowns. And, you know, Irby Weller played his game as well. So excited to see how these teams are going to fare going on throughout the playoffs and onto the state tournament. So that's a lot of good football coming up.
1: Yep. And you mentioned Harrisburg infield.
0: We're
1: going to have coach Cal Everett uh, from Harrisburg coming on. Um, Like I said, near and dear to your heart. Yeah. Cougars, man. Um, But uh, you know, he's going to come here and talk. we talked about them all season. What a great story they are. And, and they're a great story because of this, you know, they're 10 and one, and it's not just the wins and losses here. Yeah. You know, Harrisburg is a, a program that I've been here about six years. And I know they had a couple down years before I got here. I think even you go back a decade ago or so, Nebby, I think they were even talking about maybe even not having a football program. Right. And then Cal, you know, before I got here, and then Cal Everett comes and uh, you know, since I've been here, it's been one of the better 6A programs in the state, a couple of state championship um, appearances. And then COVID comes, and they weren't even going to play last year and they, they were able to get it going. Um, they played four games and then, you know, they're red hot. And they had to play four games in about, seemed like three and a half weeks to get ready for the playoffs to, to qualify. And COVID shuts them down mm. and basically shuts them down for a good portion of the summer, too. And uh, they can't really work out. They can't really practice. together. And when they come back together, they've got 32 kids on that sideline. Debbie. And You've seen them. And we talked about it, you know, out of those 32 or or whatever it is, that probably 20 of them should probably be on a varsity squad right now. And they're 10 to one. They played anybody to play them. You know, when they lost their game to central dolphin, they went and played governor Mifflin. And that's maybe, you know, that is a top five, a team in the state with Nick Singleton and, you're probably one of the top two, three, four, might be the best team in the state this year. Um, so yeah. they played everybody, they've been scrappy, they've had guys step up. You're going to hear Cal uh, talk about guys like Kyle Williams Jr., Terrell Reynolds, uh, Justin Cook, um, who's probably towards leading the state in interceptions. And that'd be guys who I think are going to be big college probably. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe not the four star type prospects they've had before, but I think they're going to be prospects that some of these schools. Um, are gonna come in and get some nice ball players. Definitely.
0: Um, I think one thing that this Harrisburg team and program has taught everyone in the mid Penn and Central Pennsylvania area this year is that you can't judge a book by its cover. Like you say, from the appearance of it, you know, about twenty guys look like they belong on a varsity football schedule. Um, however, they they've done a lot of proving. Um, hats off to Coach Cal and the Harrisburg coaching staff. I feel like anytime you have a guy who's the head football coach, but also the athletic director of a program, that's a tremendous uh, responsibility. You know, I played for coach Kirk Smallwood in Harrisburg, class of 2015. And I saw how busy he was all the time being the athletic director and the head basketball coach. So anytime you have a guy like that, you know, not only taking care of his football program, but all the athletics of a school, I just tip my hat to him. So definitely excited to see what this Harrisburg team has uh, left to come for the rest of the season. And, you know, excited to get Coach Cal on here. Yeah, let's get on here and
1: find out how they made this happen, man.
0: Let's do it, Brian. Again, welcome back to week eleven, everyone, to our PA High School Football Report Podcast. I'm Nebya Assize here with my editor, Brian Lender This week we have a very special guest joining us, Harrisburg head coach Calvin Everett, also the athletic director. Coach Cal, thank you for joining us.
2: Uh you're welcome very much. And thank you for uh, you know, inviting me on.
1: Yeah, Nebby, uh- so we wanted to have Cal because, Cal, you don't know us, but we, we, we've we mentioned you guys a lot um, through the season and it felt like you guys are one of the better stories of the season. Um, not your typical Harrisburg team, right? You guys probably have like 32 kids on the sideline. Uh, don't have the Micah Parsons and all, but you guys have had some guys that have stepped up. Um, and, uh, you know, as we record this, you guys are getting ready to play Hempfield uh, Saturday in the playoffs. Uh, moved on another round. You beat Carlisle already. but. Man, how proud are you, these guys, and, and what they've done this season? And, and tell us about this team and what's made this team special uh, this season for you guys.
2: Well, first, I'm extremely proud of our guys. Uh, I'm, extra, I'm, I'm proud of our coaches as well. We put in a lot of work with our guys, especially, you know, if you just look at our whole story from the past year or so, a uh, year and a half, you know, starting, you know, with COVID, you know, we, we haven't really had, you know, many opportunities to work with our guys. You know, uh, the season we had last year with four four games in, in three weeks or whatever that was, and prior to that, you know, we weren't even allowed to work out all summer or, or, or part, part of the fall. So, you know, a lot of the guys, we didn't even really know them that well. A lot of them didn't have much playing experience. Uh, so we really were starting from ground zero with a lot of our guys, and our coaches put in a lot of work once we, you know, were able to get the green light to – to start working with them. So I take my hat off to, to, to the guys for stepping up. And more importantly, you know, I I take my hat off for our coaches for, you know, doing a fantastic job, but our guys, I'm extremely proud of them. Uh, You know, a lot of them, you know, they're not, like you said, your typical Harrisburg group of guys that have, you know, offers and big names that's known throughout the state. Uh, These guys just show up every day and they work hard. They trust in the coaching staff. And, uh, you know, we, we, we see the fruits of our labor every week. They're just getting better and better and better. And our goal was to be playing our best football come playoff time. And, uh, and I can honestly say that we are playing, you know, the best we've been playing all season long. And that's the ultimate goal. And the guys have improved from week one all the way up to now. You know, we starting with a freshman quarterback. You know, we got sophomore defensive, sophomore defensive end. We have sophomore here, sophomore there. I mean, we have so many young guys on our team. And, uh, you know, those guys didn't have the opportunity to play JV football, you know, last year. You know, so they missed out on literally a season. But to step up and be able to jump right into a varsity game and and, and play a varsity season the way they've, you know, been playing, you know, I, I couldn't ask for anything more.
0: You know, Brian and Coach Cal, you both bring very, very great points. I mean, you talk about the youth on this team. You talk about, you know, me sitting in the, in the, in the stands for a couple of games. You can hear people talking about, man, those kids are like JVs. They don't look like teams from years past. However, they're, they're, they're doing very well for themselves. And I, I want to go to a point about the, the coaching staff. I mean, you have players who played for you on that coaching staff, like Chris Britton, Carlos Balcom. Lloyd uh, actually played football as well. So what it, what has it been like having those people be an intricate piece of this year's team success?
2: Uh, it's, it's been, you know, it's been great. You know, one thing I do is, you know, my guys, they go to school, they, you know, they go play ball, they come back and, and if they're interested in coaching, you know, I'm going to extend the, the olive branch to them. You know, there's nothing like having your own on your staff and uh, they're doing a fantastic job. They know my expectations. I, you know, I know, I know those guys, so it's just a win-win. Our kids can relate to them, uh, so you know it's, it's it's been a very integral part of uh, of our coaching staff.
1: So, Nevy, I, I know when I talked to Cal earlier in the summer, some of the things he said about numbers and not being able to work out with the guys—it's not just lip service. I, I know that that was real stuff and real concerns of his in the summer. When did you start to figure out that that maybe you guys would be able to to put it put it all together and to be, you know, have, have a good program this year?
2: Ah, honestly, I can't sit there and say, well, you you know, a certain time or day I realized and said, you know what, we're going to be sitting here 10 and one number two team in the district. Uh, I can't honestly say that. Mm. You know, I knew that we had some, you know, we had some young guys. I knew that they had some talent, some ability. But outside of that, I didn't know what they would do once they put pads on, once they get, you know, get underneath the lights on, on on, on a Friday night or a Saturday afternoon. I just didn't know. So, you know, heading out to Pine Richland, I knew one thing. We were going to be tested. I was going to know what we were made of because at that time I had no clue. Like I said, I knew they were talented. I knew we had some talented guys, but, you know, a lot of them were just never battle tested. So, you know, you have to take that with a grain of salt.
1: When, you know, you you, you talked about when we've covered, you guys don't have those four or five-star guys, you know, this year. But you got some guys. Tell us about some of these these kids. And I know you you talked about guys you've been really proud of, but some of the names like a Kyle Williams, who I feel like, you know, if you look at the stat leaders, he may not be at the very top of every stat category, but if you could add it all together, his value to you guys is probably just as important as any team, you know, any player to any team in the mid-pen this year. And there are probably a couple other guys who could kind of right, be right in that conversation for you guys. So tell us about some of these kids who've really stepped up and and, and who people need to be keeping an
2: eye on for you guys. Oh, man, I have a nice list of them, a nice list of them. But we can start with Kyle because that's who you you brought up first. Kyle Williams, I'll put Kyle Williams up from an athletic standpoint against literally, you know, anyone in this area, in this district, by far. I will put him up against anyone, you know, from an athletic standpoint. We can line Kyle up at receiver. We can line Kyle up at running back. And Kyle is most likely going to be, you know, if not the best, one of the best players on the field at that position. Um, He plays in the secondary for us. And, uh, you know, he's the type of player that, you know, at any given moment, he can just go off. You know, all it takes is one missed tackle, and he's he's down the field for a touchdown. So Kyle Williams is special. He's a special player. And I've coached a lot of special ones, and Kyle was special. I can honestly say that. Uh, Next one is Justin Cook. I mean, Justin Cook is... (laughs) The, the kid has done nothing but make play after play after play. Right now he has 10 interceptions. He's one of the leaders in the state of Pennsylvania in interceptions. Uh, one more interception, he's tying our, our interception record here at Harrisburg High School, which is at 11. Uh, Justin also is an integral part of our offense. You know, he plays a slot for us, and he makes big plays for us, you know, some timely plays in the slot. So Justin is doing a fantastic job. Justin Cook. Uh Stay on the offensive side of the ball. Let's talk about Makai Hopkins. I mean, the kid is 6'1", 235 pounds, and he's a load to bring down. You know, and he plays. he's our starting linebacker as well. He's a two-way player, uh, so he's a load. Uh, We can go with our freshman quarterback. I mean, the kid's in ninth grade, and, you know, all he did was travel out to Pine Richland, you know, first game of the season not knowing what to expect, and he did a phenomenal job. And, you know, he played a few more games and he, he broke a bone in his foot. So he was out for three or four weeks and he came back and uh, and he and he's been rolling ever since. I mean, as a ninth grader, and he's undefeated playing in the Commonwealth, a 6 eight schedule that says a lot for right there. Just about him and his upshot. Sean, Sean Lee, Sean Lee for people listening. Mm-hmm. Yes, Sean Lee. Sorry about that. Uh, I mean. Stick on, stick with the offense. You know, we are talking about Tyshawn Black. He's a four-year starting offense alignment for us. I'm sure a lot of you guys know about him, but Tyshawn has been phenomenal. He's, he's our leader of our team, and he's been doing a fantastic job leading our group of guys. You know, we got Tyshawn and Roy. And then one name that you need to know about is our starting left tackle, Sir Kane Venable. He's 6'4", 300 pounds. He's in 10th grade, and he is playing. I mean, he's doing a great job for us. Great job playing that left tackle spot. So he's someone that I'm sure everyone's going to know about if they don't already know about him. Uh, let's go over to the defensive side of the ball. You know, let's talk with, with, with the sack master, the sack master, <laughs> Terrell Reynolds. I mean, <laughs> the kid is just, he, he's phenomenal. I mean, I'll put him up against anyone in the state. He's phenomenal. He has, I believe, 18 and a half, 19 and a half sacks right now. Broke the school record. Uh, you know, he plays the pass, you know plays the run really well. He's a disciplined player. He's physical. He's tough. Uh, I I mean, I still don't know what else to say about Terrell Scored three or four touchdowns
1: on defense, which is pretty incredible.
2: Probably created, probably created another one or two. Absolutely. Um, His his stats are off the chart for a defensive end that, uh, you know, literally only played, you know, those three games of varsity football last year (laughs) (laughs) and, and, and he wasn't even playing at defensive end the whole time. So, you know, it's, it's, it's just things like that, that that is just phenomenal. And then we talk about let's, – let's, uh, let's, let's go to our linebacker, uh, Anthony Day. Mm-hmm. I mean, Anthony, you know, he's our middle linebacker. He's not a big guy. He's about 5'9", 5'10", 190 pounds. But, you know, he's a tackling machine. He is a tackling machine, makes play after play after play. Uh, then our other defensive end, ironically, who was a sophomore, Micah Chambers. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's a relentless pass rusher. a Little undersized, but with heart and his speed and everything else that goes with it. I mean, he he makes up for his for his size. Uh, I mean, and then we, let's talk about our outside linebacker, Kymer Williams, who's the younger brother of Kyle Williams. He's in mm-hmm. ninth grade. He went out Pine Richland. You know, as a ninth grader, starting not knowing what to what to expect. And all he's done is made phenomenal plays for us this year. We've seen the growth in him. You know, he went from, you know, just being a puppy to now, you know, he, he's like a seasoned veteran now. He's playing like he's a he's, he's a returning starter. So, you know, these young guys that are stepping up and making plays, I mean, it's just, it's just great to see.
1: You did a good job of selling them, man. What, what are you telling these college coaches that are coming
2: through, man? Uh, man, I don't, I don't, I don't, honestly, there's not much for me to sell. I mean, the, you know, it's up for them. You know, I give them the film, you know, they ask me questions. I'll answer the questions, but you know, at the end of the day, the film is what sells these, sells the guys and their, and their grades. They're and they're, and they're putting it together.
1: Kyle's a guy, like you said, he's so versatile. And I feel like he, I feel like he'll probably be a receiver on the next level. I don't know what you think about that, but, um, He's a guy who I think he, you know, he's getting ready. I saw him at the uh, All-State – Ed O'Brien's All-State Preps camp before the mm-hmm. pandemic. And he was with some of the top guys in the state. You know, the Keenan Nelsons and stuff were out there. And he competed really well for himself. And then you see him kind of turning into what he's turning into this year. He's always – this is freshman season, right? He's made plays for you guys. But now he's kind of become, you know, a guy who can – when you guys really got to have a play, he, he's a guy that can step up and do it. And, and I don't think you guys are one the Pine Ridge game without. Reynolds I mean he was he was all in that backfield so mm-hmm. yeah to,
0: to add on to that Brian Terrell Reynolds is my glue guy of this this uh Harrisburg team this year I feel like without him you know he he holds together the team and to the point it's like he doesn't have the physique of a of a Michael Parsons or a Damian Barber but that heart and that motor he has is unmatched um coach Cal you you've you've had a great uh opening playoff game against Carlisle. Kind of walk us through that.
2: Well, you know, I, one thing I always say is, you know, one of the toughest things to do is to beat a team twice, especially mm-hmm. in our league, you know, because, you know, the coaches, we have fantastic coaches, fantastic programs in our league. So, you know, to be able to, to have to play, you know, Carlisle twice, I, you know, I, I, we didn't take them lightly at all. You mm-hmm. know, they, they were coming off a great, a great win uh, versus CD East. Um, they, they made some, you know, some, some, some adjustments from the first time that we played. So I knew we were going to see, you know, a different version of the Carlisle team that we played the first time. Uh, but you know, for our kids to be able to, you know, to adjust to those things, uh, last Saturday and, and still, you know, win in pretty good fashion. You know, I was very proud of them.
1: And Phil coming up, they held that same CD East team
2: with two points. You know, what do you see from them? It's a very good football team you know, they're well-coached, uh, they're physical up front. Uh, their quarterback is, I mean, it, he's, he's dangerous. I mean, the, the kid can sling the ball. Uh, he has complete control of the offense. He's a senior. Uh, so, you know, that's, those, those are going to be the key their, their receivers can, can, can go, their receivers can go. So, uh, you know, we definitely have our hands full, you know, we have a good week of practice and, you know, preparation is the key. Uh but yep yeah, we'll, we'll we'll try our best to make sure you know we we have our guys ready and, and well prepared come Saturday.
1: Maybe the hottest Harrisburg story this week has been uh Lucky Chucky. <laughs> <laughs> man, what
2: what's going on with Lucky Chucky, man? Lucky Chucky, oh man, Lucky Chucky, it just took on a life of its own. You know, Justin brought Lucky Chucky into the <laughs> locker room and and the rest was history. And you know what's ironic about that? In 2016, we had something similar to that with Damian Barber. Damian had a turtle. Mm-hmm. Okay. He would carry that. That turtle came to every game. Every <laughs> game. We One of our ball boys, uh, he, he, he was responsible for the turtle. Every single game, uh, we had to have the turtle. And one playoff game, Damian forgot the turtle. So uh, I'm, I'm calling all over the place looking for Damian and, And, you know, because he's supposed to, we were leaving at a certain time and uh, Damien wasn't there to get his uniform. So it was very unusual for him not to be there and he wasn't answering his phone. So I'm thinking something's really seriously wrong with Damien because he's not answering, calling calling his house. Come to find out, he pops up, you know, about 10 minutes later and coach, I'm sorry, I forgot turtle. (laughs) (laughs) So he had to run home and, and, and do all this other stuff. But, you know, he didn't have the turtle. And, you know, that's. It was just symbolic of our season, though.
1: I feel like everybody has a Damian Barber story somewhere in there. So. <laughs> I, got a, so, I got a couple of Damian Barber stories, for you, but we'll, we'll see that another time. <laughs> so we're going to circle back to this season and this team real quick. But before we go to that, you know, um, kind of Micah Parsons, let's talk about that guy for one second. He's kind of been the talk of America's team. Uh, what's it been like? to watch? And I know he's got his name up on the scoreboard. I guess he helped you guys get a new scoreboard, man.
2: Mm -hmm. What's it been like
1: to see this guy go and do what he's done? And I feel like we all felt when you came into the studio before the draft, you and I said that we felt like the two best players were Kyle Pitts and Micah Parsons. And look at what this kid's doing, man. What's it been like to watch him? What what has it meant to you guys to see this guy go and do what he's
2: done coming out of Harrisburg? Oh, man, it's just I'm just so proud of Micah, you know, um, for everything that he's been through and, and, and everything that he's accomplished up to this point, I'm extremely proud. Uh, you know, he's put Harrisburg on the map. He's continuing to keep us on the map and, you know, he's just doing great. He's doing great for for, the, for our, for our community, for, for our program. Cause our kids look up to him. That's all they talk about. They aspire to, you know, to someday want to be a Micah Parsons. Um, you know, it's just, it's just great. It's great.
0: What was it like having him as a player and actually being a coach and, you know, a part of a
2: part of his whole process? Uh it was actually it, it was fun. You know, Micah was a he was a fun, fun young man to coach. Honestly, he was, uh, you know, he never gave me any problems. He was just a fun it was just a fun guy. But it was always you always had a good feeling when you knew you had a Micah Parsons on your team, no matter what was going on in the game. You know, at practice, you just always had that, you know, it was like a security blanket. Okay, I got Micah. So no matter what's going on right now, we'll, we'll be okay. So he always provided us that security blanket, you know, because he was just, you know, he was just so athletic. So
1: I, I want to circle back. And I know you talked about how proud you were of this team and, you know, how you guys had this COVID shortened season last season. You know, you guys originally weren't even going to play. And, you know, you end up playing four games, going undefeated, and you have COVID. It kind of cuts out the playoffs. Um, Weren't able to practice. Took a lot of punches. Here you are 10-1, and and I know you said you're proud. But when you look at this thing and and even step back and even look at the bigger picture, I know I've been here about six years almost. And right before I got here, there were some lean years for you guys, um, some struggles. You come through that. You have that great run where you go to a couple state championships, and you you take a couple punches to the stomach through the pandemic. They could have knocked a lot of programs off. You know, how proud are you really of these guys in this community to keep this thing going um, when, when maybe a lot of programs in the same positions, maybe, maybe a different group doesn't make it through that stuff?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I can't put it in words how proud I am of our guys and our coaches because, you know, they've never wavered one time. Not one time, not knowing if we were going to be able to practice the next day, the next week, or even the next year. Not one minute did any of my coaches say, hey, listen, I am i can't take this. You know, I I have to be somewhere else. I need to coach. Not one time. Not one time did any of my players, you know, talk about leaving and going here or going there. That's loyalty right there. And, you know, for everyone, for us all to be able to stick together and, and just work through everything that was going on, you know, It's it's just it's just a great moment right now. And I'm just extremely proud to be, you know, the leader of our program.
1: As the head coach, knowing what you guys were building and then seeing those step backs and there's teams that people don't know. I mean, you guys are in the city. There's other programs around you that were playing. You had to be worried, though. You had to be worried because this could have this could have easily knocked you guys off of this trajectory that you were on and and
2: have been able to continue. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. This right here could have literally derailed our program. Mm-hmm. I mean, derailed us literally. And, uh, and it, and I'll be the first to admit, I'm sure it, it definitely has affected us. I mean, you look at our numbers, you know, I'm going to a six, A varsity football game with 32 players, 33 players. So and I keep, it, it I, I keep saying, I keep
1: saying probably 10 or 12 of those will be on JV or something, right. I mean, a normal year.
2: Absolutely. I mean, it's, <laughs> It, you know, it definitely has affected us, but our kids, you know, the ones that have been showing up, they haven't allowed that to affect them. So they just kept fighting and pushing and getting better week in and week out. And, uh, you know, that, that's, that's, the, that's the beauty of it all. I mean, it, it was difficult just to be able to get JV games this year, to be able to put, you know, be able to safely put out a JV team. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's how bad it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people just don't understand and realize that, you know, we're a six A school with thirty something kids on a team. I mean, you know, you're, it's it's tough, but our God, our our kids are resilient. You know, that's one thing I'll say. Our kids are resilient. No matter what you put in front of them, you know, they'll 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 find a way to get over it. Coach so overall, no. this has got
1: to be a season you. I mean, this is a this is you know, no matter what happens, this has got to be a season that
2: you're going to remember. Absolutely, because this season, I, I didn't know if it was going to take place. You know, I didn't know if it was going to take place. You know, after what happened last year, I didn't know if we were going to have a season this year. I mean, you've you seen what happened last year. We played four games in a matter of what, like three, two and two and a half, three weeks or something like that. We were rolling, you know, in, in my opinion. I thought we had one of the better teams in District 3, you know, uh, and for the way our season was just derailed. And then for the kids to just still stay upbeat and, and bounce and be able to come right back and, and, and you know, it's just ah, – it's it's, it's, it's just, short of a miracle. Honestly, it's short of a miracle. And, Nebby, you know I,
1: I have some connections with, uh, you know, uh, St. Joe's. I had some guys there that I was talking to, and uh, they thought you guys were going to come through and play them. And, and and you just got derailed, son. I'm sure that had to be a heartbreaker too. Yeah. Tough for those well, kids. But.
2: Oh, last year's team. Oh man, it was Brian. You seen that? You seen our team last year? We just, we. I mean, don't, I mean, those guys were. I just feel my. I feel my. My heart is just crushed for those guys because I honestly, deep down inside, think they had a legit shot at uh, making a nice run. I do.
0: You mentioned that there were a lot of uncertainties uh, with last year, even this year as well. Um, earlier in the podcast, uh, you mentioned as well that you were unsure of what to expect of this year's team. You know, going into the Pine-Richland game, you said that you knew one thing, that your character was going to be tested. With that being said, how has that segued as the season has progressed? You're now 10-1. and You're going into week two of the playoffs against Hempfield. What has that narrative now changed to? Is it still that uncertainty, or what do you expect going on throughout the rest of the playoffs of this team?
2: Well, I mean, our guys are battle tested now. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, they, they, they've been, they, we've, we've reached some highs and we've definitely reached some lows, Uh, but it hasn't affected them, you know, in terms of the way that they come and prepare every day, their attitude, the way that they're bonding, they're continuing to bond and working on that. That's still a process. Uh, So I'm, I'm excited. And, and the future looks bright. Okay. Listen, we
1: appreciate having you on, man. And the reason we wanted to have you on is we mentioned you guys several times. And again, you know, I don't say as a knock because obviously you got to have kids step up, right? When you have 32 kids, and like I said, you look out there, and I just know from years past that out of those 32, there might have been 10 who might have not been as prominent on that sideline in years past, but sort of have to be. And there's probably 20 that are really grinding and giving you some some big time grit to mm-hmm. kind of get you guys at 10 and one. And uh, after all you guys have been through, I feel like it's one of those kind of good high school football sort of about to see a team come together at that level and to be able to kind of keep this rolling through all of this. So we wanted to have you on, have you talk a little bit about that, man. We appreciate it. Nebby, what do you think, man?
0: Coach Cal, definitely. This, this, this year's team is definitely a story of perseverance. And again, congrats to you Uh, much luck on the rest of the road and, you know, kudos to to you. hats off to you and your entire staff and to your boys and much continued success to you on uh, the rest of the season.
2: All right, thank. I definitely appreciate you guys for all that you do, and I appreciate you for having me here on the show.
0: Thank you. Thanks. All right, Brian. That was our eleventh episode. We had Coach Cal on here. Definitely some great talks. How do you feel after our segment with him?
1: Again, it's just a it's it's a good high school football story because they're low numbers. They've come through a lot, and and and, and you notice Neby too. There's kids over in our Harrisburg program who who have their own struggles outside of football, right? right. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that they've gone through in the past few years where football was an outlet where they weren't even sure they were going to have it, but they kept showing up and they, and they kept coming when they could, when they were allowed to <laughs> and um, through, through COVID. And um, even though, you know, they weren't sure what it would have, here they are 10 and one. Um, and uh, they're looking like a contender. This isn't a pushover hand field team. Anytime anyone beats a, a team like CDE's thirty-five or two with a Makai Flowers and a you know a um, uh, uh, Tamir Thornton and those kind of, and M- Marcel McDaniel's it's an eye opener. Mm-hmm. They got some they got some ballers, but uh, you know I don't think I think if they were to go out and lose to Hempfield somehow Saturday, I still think this is a a heck of a successful season for Harrisburg uh, to be where they are. When you look back at the last two years and the last year and a half and everything those kids have been through and where
0: they're at now yeah I agree this Hempfield team is not one to sleep on like you mentioned um, early on however I think this is going to be a toss-up and it's just going to be a test of their character and one thing about this Harrisburg team this year they've showed me a lot of perseverance a lot of growth and a lot of next man up meaning that the younger guys who, who normally wouldn't be put in situations and scenarios like this and on any other team have stepped up big. A lot of freshmen, sophomore, underclassmen that should probably be on JV. Had this been years past, teams um, have have proved themselves and stepped up to the plate when it matters most. Kudos to Coach Cal, man. He's doing a great job with these with these guys, and I know he has high hopes and expectations of them. And you know, I'm excited to see this game coming up, and I think it's definitely going to be a statement game for both teams.
1: Yep. So another big week. We're going to be out there. We'll have everybody in the field and. Nevi's gonna be at some big games too and you can check all that stuff out. Nevi tell them tell them what to do, man.
0: Make sure you tune into penlive.com and subscribe for all of our exclusive content. We'll see you here next week, folks.